Jughead got let go from the Baxter brothers. And, and you were there for that. And so was FP. So <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> like he should know that like what? <laughs> the show is so the stupid. So bad. Like, but so what, entertaining. What happens like, in that writer's room? Drugs? <laughs> <laughs> They're all on jingle jangle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run Ask the Hundred Script on Twitter and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this week is um, what's your favorite murder mystery? And um, stepping away from the Agatha Christie's and the... Um, Arthur Conan Doyle's. Mm-hmm. I was very taken in by Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and mm-hmm. I call it a murder mystery due to Moaning Myrtle. Yeah, ooh, that's good. I, that absolutely counts. Yeah, I. Whenever people say that Chamber of Secrets is the worst book, I like wither a little bit. Like I respect your opinion, but for me, like uh, Chamber of Secrets was like the reason I kept reading. I loved. Yeah, I loved Chamber of Secrets. I remember staying up. Like I was in high school at the time, and like I remember staying up until like three a.m. because I had to finish Chamber of Secrets. Like anyway, I just loved. I love Chamber of Secrets. I was just sitting here like, there's not a bad book. Yeah, See, and Chamber of Secrets was never my favorite so yeah. that's interesting i loved chamber and my name is Brittany ray i'm a 30 year old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic vancouver bc i like badass moms and long naps i'm on twitter at britannia where i found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat and i skipped half those words mm. and my favorite murder mystery ugh, the other thing is i watch a lot of horror movies so like the mystery isn't really there it's more the mystery of where the murderer came from because you know who the murderer is mm. So my troll answer is going to be that one episode of Doctor Who with the bees. <laughs> Do you remember the Agatha Christie wasp with Donna and Ten? Oh my god. Yeah. Very vaguely. Yeah, like with Very. literal Agatha Christie. Like, I, I enjoy murder mysteries, but usually I'm more of a horror stand. So I'm going to go for that one. Ep- I think it's called something about the lady and the wasp or something. Mm. So- something brilliant. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator from sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. My favorite murder mystery is gonna go to the classic film, Clue. Oh, yeah, that's a good a, answer. There is a time in my life where I'm pretty sure I watched that like every day for a month. Hey, iRobot is a murder mystery. Sure. We're not talking about it right now. <laughs> that was an unrelated thought. <laughs> um, Clue is a very good answer on account of its meme ability. Thanks. Yeah. It's it's a very good meme movie. Also, great game. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. T. We also, don't we have Riverdale Clue? We have Riverdale Clue and Harry Potter Clue. Here. Have we, have yeah. We pl- yeah, we played Riverdale Clue once. I've definitely played it. Yeah. I, I bring it to I class it. with ki- the kids. Play. Do the kids know what Riverdale is? No, but they ask a whole lot of questions about it. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, this person killed Jason Blossom. Who's Jason Blossom? Well, I don't know. If Matt, it doesn't matter. He's the dead guy. Well... I see this says Cheryl Blossom. Are they related? Oh, God. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm right not explaining that. I'm like, I don't, why are we doing this? 
<laughs> Don't ask questions. Go, Why did I bring them Riverdale Clue? Yeah, because <laughs> it was because I had Riverdale Clue and I had Harry Potter Clue, and Harry Potter Clue has a lot of like extra moving parts that are unnecessary, <laughs> kind of just to like make it more complicated, really. Yeah. And so I decided to bring Riverdale Clue because it was easier more, for children. Yeah, it was more. Um, it's more simple, and um, it was still a mistake somehow. Maybe we can uh, play Riverdale Clue with my sister who is newly obsessed. Fun. <laughs> Wait, that would be fun. Yeah. She can even come on the pod and talk about her opinions if she wants to. Sure. Today we have words to say about episode 414 of Riverdale, how to get away with murder. And did we learn how to get away with murder no. this episode? No, Absolutely we didn't. Not. Because didn't, Betty didn't so, get away uh, with murder. False advertising, I feel. No one got away with anything. How to Get Away with Murder is an American legal thriller television series that appeared on ABC on September 25th, 2014. Viola Davis stars as Annalise Keating, a law professor at prestigious Philadelphia University who, with five of her students, becomes entwined in a murder plot. And Viola Davis was the first black woman to win the Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for How to Get Away with Murder. The um, She does a fantastic job. Yeah, speaking of Harry Potter, uh, Dean Thomas is in it. Yep. Um, oh yeah, he is. Well, so. was well. He gets spoilers for that we've absorbed from How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. Murder. So if you're planning to watch that, ignore this. He gets murdered in season two, but then he he's back. Like he's not dead. Oh, because like when he got murdered in season two, I was like, I'm not interested in continuing the show. Yeah. So because he is, he's like the main character. Yeah, he's like the main dude besides and besides Annalise. Annalise. Huh? And he's delightful. He is delightful. Uh, but yeah, he's apparently not really dead. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want- I only watched the first half of season one. Was- I also just realized, um, another parallel that may or may not have been intentional. Annalise is a bisexual lawyer lady. And oh, so is sure Mary. Is. Oh my she god! Is. Oh, oh my god. Did that. Oh my did. god. Oh my god. We love to see it. I feel like I just had my world turned upside down. Yeah. So Brittany, toot or boot? We talked about this yesterday. I give this a two because even though it answered nothing and was incredibly frustrating, I had a good time watching it. And that's that's my barometer for if a Riverdale episode was good. Was was I entertained? Yes. Two. I am also going to give this episode a two. It's like leaning towards a newt, but like it, it, the last ten minutes tips it over into a toot for me because it was... I enjoyed the last 10 minutes, and I like the use of the music in this episode a lot. Yeah, to remind everybody, um, from best to worst, our scale is shoot, toot, newt, boot, and scoot. Um, I am in the first toot of 2020, if I remember (laughs) correctly. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a toot. Not because I thought that anything that good happened other than Mary, obviously. Yeah. Because, like, I honestly, as soon as the episode ended, I was like, I think this was, like, kind of a little bit just, like, nonsensical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but I was at the edge of my seat the whole time. 100%. Yeah. Because you spend the entire time thinking, I'm going to I'm gonna get an answer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get an answer. And then you get to the end and you're like, I didn't get any answers. And actually nothing new happened in this episode at all. And most of it we had already seen in flashbacks. Well, every time that... Flash forward. That, um, like, Betty went to the place and then, like, Donna was there. Or, like, Donna was waiting for her and then it was Betty. Every single time I was like, oh, it's going to be somebody important. It's going to be... It's going to be Jughead. It's going to be Jughead. Jughead's in on it. It's going to be Jughead. And then it's like... It, that it was just the people who I expected it to be. So. It's like, oh, y'all are just really committing to him being dead, huh? I was yeah. like, oh, wow, another abandoned forest? I, too, enjoy the chilling adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Yeah, that was like, do <laughs> you, though? Um, so I think we can all agree that this episode kind of needed to be 
covered chronologically. So we split it into three parts um, because there are three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, if I counted correctly, which I do believe I did. One. Yeah, this yeah. is, this is yeah. all the friends we have in Math. this uh, podcast. Yeah. Okay, great. So I, I guess we're just going to get started. Who did, who did part one? What's up? I didn't finish it because I can't swear on this podcast, but name that fine. <laughs> okay, um, here's the beginning of this episode. It's just, yeah, well, okay, we'll see. <clears throat> Archie, Benny, and Ronnie burn their clothes for some reason. Like, they could have just worn them home. If you didn't have to hide, just to be clear, if you didn't have to hide the body and you just immediately called the police, not, you wouldn't have had to do any of this. Also, yeah. also, how much did they hide the body? You know, not I'm getting pushed him down. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Down a hill. We're absolutely getting ahead of ourselves. But I'm just saying, like, as a lawful neutral, the thought of like not just like going to the police and telling the truth, and then like having trust in the justice system, which we know is messed up due to like Archie fully being framed and going to jail or whatever. Plus, we live in the real world where the justice yeah. system is messed up. Yeah, but like in my mind, not immediately calling the police and being like there shouldn't be any evidence against me, especially like as Archie and Veronica, I'd be like, no. Yeah. Why okay. am I? Why am I incriminating myself? Okay, Let's get anyway, on with yeah. the summary because sure. we're one sentence in. Sorry. You're the one who started talking about it. I just had some th- uh, some thoughts that needed voicing. Sorry. If I don't voice them, I forget them. Okay. So anyway, the idiot three all head home and tell totally different stories to their parents about why they're in their underwear because they're great at crime apparently. The next day, Betty says they need to coordinate their stories, even though she clearly told the worst lie. Yeah, she did. Apparently, so Charles bad. is helping her cover up the murder of his own brother for some freaking reason. Betty says she found Jughead and picked up the rock, which was stupid. It has her fingerprints on it now. She thinks Brett and his idiots are trying to frame her for murder. Archie goes home and meets his mom and her 500 quote-unquote friend, Brooke. Brooke (laughs) says that she can get him into a naval college, and Archie's like, okay, sounds good, gotta go cover up a murder now. Veronica goes home and throws a hissy fit when Hiram wants to update his will like a totally normal person does, I don't know. Betty calls FP and asks if he knows where Jughead is to cover her own ass. Charles gives her a bug to plant on Brett and Donna, which she does when she visits Stonewall and gets gaslit by Donna into thinking she apparently went to the woods with Jughead alone and killed him. Veronica and Archie start to wonder why Betty, the trained girl detective, would pick up the rock and, like, same. Betty has become Dark Betty before, so maybe that happened and she really did kill Jughead. Faith in your friends is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the first act. Cool. So first of all, Jughead is still narrating. I don't think he's can, alive. I, yeah, I don't think that we can move past the fact that Jughead is still narrating, genuinely. We think that this is a point in favor of Jughead's not dead. Mm-hmm. But who was it? It might have even been Callie who pointed out, was it you? Who pointed out the Desperate Housewives was narrated by a dead person the entire time? Definitely is not Callie. It wasn't me. I thought it was... Joanna? Yeah. On TV Co? There you go. Yeah. Joanna. You queen. Sorry I got you mixed up with my other friends, but in fairness, you're really smart like they are. So really, it's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. So either Jughead's fully alive or Jughead's been telling the story of all of this, in, like from season one. As a ghost. As a, as a dead person. Like there's no there's no middle ground. Okay, but try and tell me that wouldn't kind of slap. Riverdale was like, we're jumping the shark. Let's jump it hard. <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm interested. I'm in. I just feel like Archie Comics without Jughead is just, like, not it. Oh, no, yeah, 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 you're right. It's just that Riverdale's already so insane, it's like, why the hell not sort of thing. But there's a difference between killing Dilton Doily and killing Jughead Jones. Man, remember when they killed Dilton Doily and no one cared? I cared. And it was freaking Dilton, no, in the universe. Mm. Well, doesn't look like anybody cares that Jughead died either. (laughs) Okay. They sure aren't mourning him. No, a a lot of the stuff is, like, the whole town should be destroyed- 
that they lost like the sheriff's son on yeah. top of losing Fred, but no one really seems to give a crap. Not yeah. even like like I know Betty's obviously really like busy in her brain figuring out what the heck is going on and like trying to clear herself, but like why aren't Archie and Veronica like crying? Right. Why is not why are none of them crying? Like no even, one shed a tear over Jughead's death until Betty was like crying for the camera. And then and then it's just confusing because even though like they're not supposed to think that Jughead is dead, right? They don't know technically that Jughead's dead until like his body is found, right? But they do because they're the ones who moved his body. Well, exactly. But yeah. they're trying to like put up the fronts that they don't know. They just think he's still missing. Sure, even sure. In like, private. But like even in private, nobody's mourning him. It's just it's weird. I mean, death on this show has never had much weight. Yeah. Like, except for Fred's. Mm-hmm. And that was like very obviously had to. Yeah. The closest we get, I feel, to any kind of genuine emotion is, is when F-E. Betty, uh, uh, well, yeah, F, like, but I mean among yeah, the sorry, ones yeah. that know, is when Betty, uh, tells Veronica and Archie that she's scared that she actually did it. Yeah, but, like, that's when she's crying about, like, being guilty. Not yeah. even, like, about Not, Jughead. it's not about Jughead, it's yeah. about her well, feeling like she- did a crime. She does have that moment when she gets home and sits in front of the mirror that is quite That's, impactful. That, that to me, looked like real trauma right there. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, even that is, like, not even necessarily, oh my god, Jughead's dead. It's right. like, oh my god, I performed a murder. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could argue both there. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to our details. I have a lot of points in here for... Jughead's still alive, and I also have points for potentially many theories about who could be in on what plot. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Jughead calls his own beanie iconic. Sir, okay. Maybe you should let other people do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they need to get their story straight, but they didn't. Um, Why were everybody's parents were waiting for them? (laughs) It's like, oh, now y'all care about curfews after not caring about them? Yeah. Like when I was uh, in high school, my parents would wait up. Well, yeah, yeah. I didn't go anywhere. I feel like that's the most realistic parenting move that they've done in a while is actually have their parents wait up for them because these are teenagers in high school, uh, not 20-somethings who all run businesses and do crime. Right. But, like, FP doesn't wait up because Jughead doesn't live there, but he just got expelled. I have thoughts on this later. Okay. Um, why does Mary have insomnia? Is she nervous about having to tell Archie about Brooke? Probably. Yeah. And- Fred's dead and Archie's working a lot because there's only one of the like four parents that we see who actually tells us why they're still up because Mary it it doesn't Doesn't seem like she doesn't seem like she waits up for Archie like normally because she gives like a whole reason as to why she did yeah probably well Alice seems like something Alice says she was waiting up for Betty yeah that's what I'm saying but like everyone else was like yeah we're basically just waiting up but Mary was like I'm, I have insomnia, which tells us that she doesn't usually wait up for Archie. Probably because he works so late at the center and yeah. stuff. And she kind of just has to trust that, like, he's a good kid and he's doing what's right. Yeah. Sure. So, finally, somebody brings up the underage drinking thing, Alice. Wow. Thank you very much. And I love that Alice is o- the only parent who's willing to be like, hey, um, your story sucks. Yeah. Yeah, because she's a literal uh, detective. Yeah, and also I Betty's story was. was the worst. It, it, it was like... Someone spilled red wine on me and then I took my clothes off? All of them? What? Yeah. (laughs) I left them in a sink and then I just couldn't find them. Well, who moved them, bud? 
Like, you could have very easily said, uh, we got dared to go streaking. Boom, done. Yeah. Did Alice leave FP upstairs in their room? 100%, which is why she was dressed like that. Yes, thank you. Uh, so then she mentions Jughead, and, and Betty's like, I immediately must leave. So she does. I, I will say, I think Lily plays that scene very well. Oh, yeah. She yeah, does Lily a great was job. great. So they do this shot through the mirror. Oh, it's which, so good. Which we took as, like, a clue that they're in, like, some sort of, like, mirror world or different dimension. Through the looking glass situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like... Nothing's right. Yeah, everything, everything's off. It's a reflection. I really loved the moment where... Okay, so they're in Pops now at this point. And Betty's like, yeah, Charles said this. And I really love the moment where Archie's like, um, I keep thinking that, like, maybe we shouldn't have called Charles. And I'm like, like, that's my boy. That's my boy. He's with us. He's really wise. Um, Maybe we should have called the police. Why is Charles helping cover up the murder of his own brother? Bro, you suck at being an FBI agent. He truly does. Should he not get in trouble for this? Like, his badge would be taken away for this. Why is he still based there? What what is his purpose in Riverdale now? Like we thought it was just like getting to know his family, but like, he he clearly works there. Well, the farm stuff is over too, which is what he was there for. Exactly. Also. So why is he still in Riverdale? Yeah, sir, sir, what are you planning, sir? I think that so one thing that was like unclear with me through the first watch was like what was up with like Betty and like is she lying to Archie and Veronica about like. Her not having killed Jughead, but like Betty genuinely doesn't think she did it. Like, no, she, I don't think she thinks she did it. I think she's afraid she did I think it. She's yeah. scared she did it. I think she has no idea whether she did or not. But she doesn't think she did it. So like, I don't know if that's why I'm confused about like calling it covering up a murder because in Betty's mind and in Charles's mind potentially because it's Betty who told him this in their mind they're not really covering it up they're like trying to prevent themselves from being prevent found guilty from something they didn't do yeah so they're like trying to point the blame where it's supposed to be pointed rather than like covering it up mm-hmm. but either way Charles, this is a conflict of interest. You should not be an FBI agent. And, like, it's just such a weird thing for an FBI agent to, like, encourage not going through the law. Yeah. And, like, so what I think happened with Charles is that he was actually fired from the FBI. Mm. And he's in Riverdale acting, like, without permission. Like, how? why does he still have all these resources? He has this whole ass office. This whole ass headquarters. Who knows what permission he has. Yeah. So Betty says that she just found Jughead. She just happened upon Jughead and picked up the rock like an idiot. Sure. Um, so Betty genuinely doesn't think she did it. Then Kevin comes in and they're like, hey, Kevin, go away. And then Betty's like, just kidding, Kevin. Ha 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 ha. And Archie's like, yeah, sorry, Kevin. Ha ha ha. Uh, like it's fine. Come sit down. <laughs> they could have. They we could have discussing crime. They could have come up with like a way better excuse for like other than Archie was just teasing. Because yeah. I would have been like, "That's a weird joke." I'm gonna go hang out like <laughs> over here and not talk to you guys. Bye. I Archie did not seem like he was joking. He was literally like, "Kevin, is it okay if we like don't talk to you right now?" And Kevin's like, "Uh, okay." And then later they're like, "Just kidding, Kevin." And Archie's like, "Yeah, sorry, Kevin." It's, I'd be like, "Huh? Red flag." If my friends did that to me, it'd be like, "Wow, you guys are jackasses. I'm gonna go." <laughs> Why doesn't Betty mourn until that scene with Archie? Like, I feel like the first time that we see her actually cry over the fact that it's Jughead who died is in that flash forward that we got with Archie. Yeah, probably because that's not like she didn't allow herself to mourn until then because she's she's obviously in survival mode right now. Yeah, which like she, makes sense. Yeah, she doesn't 
I don't think she realizes it's real until much later. Yep. So is that flash forward before or after they get arrested? Before. So we should see that before that next episode. Maybe. Because we see them get arrested next episode, right? Via the trailer? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we should also get that scene with Archie, right? Unless they get, like, acquitted of the murder and then... Because either way, they're not going to jail for this. Yeah. It's... Either they're not going to jail for it because it's not real, or they're not going to jail for it because they get acquitted or whatever. Either way, they're not going to jail for it because they're in the musical. Yeah, that <laughs> musical really uh messes up the whole... Uh... I think the musical... God, I don't... They must get out on something. Like, they must find not enough evidence to convict them of murder. Every year, every single year, Riverdale is like, I have so many plots and they're all great. And one of them is great. And they focus on the four that are terrible. Mm -hmm. And this is... Go back to the videotapes and stop pretending Jughead is dead. I love getting the musical cast list every year. It is such a joy for me to like go in and look at the details and everything. But at least two years in a row now, it has ruined a plot point for them. Yep. And mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't think of this ahead of time. Wait, what did it get for them last year? Last year, they were like, hey, Archie's playing like Ram Sweeney or whatever in, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, in Heathers. He's playing Ram or like the other boy or whatever. And then they tried to tell us, you guys, Archie got attacked by a bear and died. Yeah. And we were like, well, no, no we he didn't. didn't because he's in the musical. So he's alive <laughs> and he's fine. And not only that, but he <laughs> like, makes it back to Riverdale <laughs> and is acquitted of all charges and the plot and line with Hiram school. is probably fine. And is back in school. And so now they're trying to tell us like, oh my God, they're getting arrested and they're going to jail. And we're like, clearly they aren't. They're not. Thanks so much though. What they could do is if it like... <laughs> If it was really going to ruin everything, what if they were like, what if Jughead's name was on that list? What if Jughead's name was on that list and we'd be like, seriously? That would be hilarious. We'd be the like, fact so that, he's not dead. The fact that they're still well, having the musical, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Jughead's dead. The I I have been the person being like, haha, Jughead is for sure dead, you guys. So like, he's for real dead. Just so that one of us, like, is right. has claimed it in yeah. case. But... I poked a hole in my own theory. I was like, y'all, he's got to be dead. He's not on the cast list. And then I was like, he doesn't go to school there anymore, you idiot. Not only does he not go to school there, but also he hates the musical. Yeah, he's never on the cast list. Yeah. So speaking of the musical, they asked Kevin about it. And he said that he has decided what to do for the musical, which is Hedwig, um, but then obviously gets changed to the variety show. Either that or it's not Hedwig. And we know that because it's like not real. What do you mean it's not real? Like, if Kevin had said, yes, I would like to do Hedwig, then we'd be like, okay, so these are in the same, like, universe. You know Mm, what I mean? But the fact that he doesn't say what the musical is, like, kind of gives me some more hope as to it not necessarily being the same, like, universe, if that makes sense. Like, do you know how funny it is that this show had to interrupt the death of one of its own main characters to lay in some groundwork for the musical episode? Yeah. That is so funny to me. Also, like, I just really think that choosing Hedwig is a really, really bad choice on Kevin's part because Hedwig has, like, three characters in it. Like, you can't do that in a in a high school production for, like, all the reasons that I've given previously. Mm-hmm. But, like... Despite the huh? fact that queer productions should be normalized, of course. Totally. It's just, it is an, it's a little more explicit than usual for a high school performance. And it only has three characters and all the songs are sung by the main character. Yeah. So, like, that's just not conducive to a learning experience. Yeah. So then we see Brooke Rivers 
who Brooke Rivers, who we remember from <laughs> yeah, Water Water, who we remember from season three, and basically Sam and Brittany were like, "Yay!" and I was like, "Please lower your expectations." Yep. We can't promise this. And then it turned out everything was okay. Literally, we were watching Wait. it and I went, is Mary, you know. Yeah. We and Rob was like, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, that's a lesbian. Are they lesbians? I And then I was like, straight people and lesbians can be friends. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Right. That's true. She's right. We, and like, but I'm we, like, we like to run with things, especially on Riverdale, yeah. the minute we see them. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. It happened. It's yeah. just like on a show like this, when you see a character like Brooke, they're, they style her a certain way for a reason and they styled her to be queer coded. Yeah. So the minute we saw them and saw like Mary was a little uncomfortable and Brooke looked like Brooke, we were like, are they, you know? Yeah. And then they were, you know. Well, yeah. And it's not that I didn't want Mary to be oh, no, bisexual. Yeah. It was just that I need, we needed to lower our expectations because we have been disappointed before. And it almost seems unbelievable to get something like mm-hmm. that beautiful in the world. Yeah. We recognized her as well because she played a character on The 100 named Sienna. She was only in one episode, but she played Finn Wolfhard's mom. Sure did. So that's the world cool. is so small. Mm-hmm. Well, Vancouver's small. So well, Archie Archie now has the opportunity to go to the Naval Academy if he wants to. Well, he has an opportunity for, like, an interview or something. In the Navy. So then Ronnie goes home and she they're going to do Hiram's will. And I just wanted to say Ugh. that I really loved Mark Consuelos in this scene. He's really good in this scene. It, like, every time that he is in another scene, I start to, like, believe the disease even more. It's yeah. just that, mm-hmm. like, it's just that this show has, like... No consistency whatsoever. Yeah, it just, like... I feel like I'm always being tricked. Yes. Because I get tricked so much that I feel like I'm always being tricked so it's hard to believe anything. Yeah. So that's why it's like I'm having a hard time believing it because I don't want to be gullible. But every time he does something, especially in this scene, like I just saw so much subtext from him. Like, you know, the part where he says like, why are you making this not normal? This is a normal thing that normal people do. It's not out of the ordinary. I'm not doing it for any particular reason. It's just because it's a normal thing that people do. It is, I mean, he obviously is doing it for a reason, like, obviously, but like, hello, this is a normal thing that people have done. My parents have done it. I've done it. Obviously, my grandparents have done it. Like, the fact that Ronnie lost her mind, I'm like, listen, I understand that, like, you're in, like, deep denial, Mm -hmm. but this was really just... I guess she is mourning Jughead too, and she's trying to cover up a murder, and she's trying to run an illegal rum business. You know what? Ronnie has a lot on her plate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I just like, I don't want to, I don't want to say, oh, I believe the disease now because then when it, when it's a trick, I'm gonna look stupid. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. hard because I just don't know. I can't believe anything. Well, one of the things we talked about is that they have yet to acknowledge textually when Hiram is in the room. That anything is actually happening to him. That's they, the thing that yeah. Veronica is mad about. Like, they always say stuff like, oh yeah, I guess she, they do say it later, don't they? Yeah. But they don't, don't say what it is. They, they just keep say saying the word. something. Yeah. And no one's quite clear on what it is. And I'm just like, I'm suspicious. It's like, Veronica is kind of being mean because <clears throat> even though he hasn't told her he's sick, he knows that she knows that he's sick. And so everyone knows that Hiram is sick in this room. They just don't want to talk about it. And that's why she's mad. But it's like, why would he want to talk about it? I think, I think because she feels she is owed a truth. Yeah. Like it's, it's the principle of him. Exactly. Not telling her 
is really insulting. I just think it's weird that, like, then she, like, rips it up and everything, and she's mad that they're pretending everything's okay. But even if they were talking about his sickness, he would still update his will. Yes, you would. Either way, like, I don't know. It's just, I felt, I had a gross taste in my mouth after that scene. That's because everything that happens with Veronica is weird and wrong. I I know that Veronica's family is garbage and she should be emancipated, but I also, like, sometimes when scenes like this happen where I, like, actually start feeling bad for Hermione and Hiram and Hermosa because Veronica does these outbursts that they don't really deserve, even though they're terrible people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm like, just disown Veronica. (laughs) Either way, y'all don't deserve each other, and you guys should just split up. Like, no one in this family is good for each other, and they should all be apart from each other. Exactly. But at the same time, you have to examine the fact that these people are the reason that Veronica is so paranoid and so upset, and, like, they've basically psychologically screwed her up so much that she doesn't know which way is up. Right. So basically, they're all garbage. Mm-hmm. I just remembered that since the last time we recorded, um, it was announced that Skeet and Marisol are both leaving after this um, season. Um, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> we are in denial. <laughs> Speaking of people who are in denial, it's us. Yeah. Um, if you are looking for a conversation on that, we talked about it on our previous TV Co. stream. If you go on TV Co. and search The Aficionados, um, you can check out our stream for The Ides of March. And we talked about it during that stream. So go check it out there because um, we're in mourning and we don't want to talk about it now. I mean, Hermione, of course, makes sense for us, but we mm-hmm. don't want to talk about Skeet. Yeah, we don't want to talk about No! <laughs> However, we did talk about a big theory all throughout that stream. We talked about the theory that there might be like a f- whole five-year time jump in between the two seasons for everybody to go to college and come back again. And we had like loads and loads of theories about like where everybody would be. It was basically just like wishful thinking, I guess. But go, you can check that out over there. They're great thoughts. So Betty like wrote down a script and everything to call FP with. Uh, doesn't FP live in your house? <laughs> oh my god! Like, are you calling him to be at work? I felt like. Well, then she had to memorize a script. Yeah, she can't lie as well to his face, as we see. (laughs) She could have just texted him. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you live in the same house? Also, he full-on has a picture of her in his office, and she still calls him Mr. Jones. This show is so weird. (laughs) Episodes like this really emphasize how weird this show is. But here's, here's even more weirdness. She says... All I know, like, the last time I saw Jughead, like, I know that he was trying to finish another draft of his novel, so maybe he was off doing that, and I'm like, Betty, I have bad news. This makes no sense. Leading the witness. Because, um, Jughead got let go from the Baxter Brothers. And And you were there for that. And so was FP. So, (laughs) what is going on here? (laughs) Like, he should know, like, what? The show is so stupid. The show is so stupid. <laughs> like, none of this makes sense. This episode is just so bad. Like, but what, so entertaining. What happens like, in that writer's room? Drugs? <laughs> <laughs> They're all on Jingle Jangle. <laughs> uh, they were like, hey, that previous episode that you wrote, what happens in it? And they're like, oh, Jughead gets kicked out of school. He's not writing the book anymore. And uh, they go to a trial and Betty and FP are there to see Jughead leave Stonewall and not write the book. Let's Got disregard it. it. Got it. So I'm going to have Betty call FP to talk about the book that he's not writing. Yeah. Gotcha. Ugh. So Charles is like, Here's, here you go. Here's the bug that you need to plant. 
And so she goes to plant the bug, and this whole scene is basically just gaslighting. Yep. Honestly, like, do we learn anything new at all? No. I don't think so. So I didn't make make any notes about the scene, because... Well, I made one note. What is it? Oh, wait. Oh, was it about the Rolex? I, sorry, I had three. I have three notes about this scene. So you lied. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so Brett is texting somebody. He sure is. Jonathan is the easy answer. Jonathan is the answer that I assume is actually true, because it's the most boring answer. Okay. Okay, my next dark horse answer, Jughead. <laughs> I'm I'm for this yeah. answer. Brett is texting Jughead because Jughead's trying to like girl, get I don't away know with his own murder. Get away with his own murder or like whatever. I know that they full on saw his body. I don't know. Either way, I I just don't think that Jughead is dead. Whatever. Listen, I have a theory. Okay. Jughead okay, first of all, I think we're all agreed that um this is not real life and it is in fact Jughead's book that we're watching. That it yes, and I have even more evidence as to why that's true later. Okay. So what this actually is, is Brett, the Brett's character texting Jughead, sorry, uh, Jarhead mm-hmm. and saying, your girlfriend's here and we're trying to keep her out of it because they're secretly protecting Betty from one, a truth. And two, what they're really trying to do is flush out DuPont. Mm. So they're all on the same team. So that little meeting that they had in the woods was them being on the same team. Like Jughead convincing Brett, we need to come over on the same side because there's a bigger bad. Okay. So that's the dark horse theory. I have a second dark horse theory. Yes! That he's texting Charles. Huh? Charles is already a bad FBI agent, potentially True. evil because he's with Chick or True. whatever. What if he's texting Charles and Charles just texted Brett to say, hey, Betty's planting a bug, just so you know. Because how else would they know about the bug? That's a good point. I mean, the red flashing light was yeah, kind of yeah. bright. True. And if I were Brett, I'd be like, hey, I'm trying to sleep and that's annoying. True. <laughs> um, but it is within the same day, I believe, so. Mm, you wouldn't point. have slept. You Either got me way, there. I have more. I have more Charles theory stuff later. I don't remember it all right now, but we will get there, obviously. Okay. Betty says that she already told FP about it, and Brett says that's interesting, and she says, shut up, Brett. So this is, like, one of their only slips, I feel. Wait, like the Stonies slip? Yeah, one of the only slip-ups that they have. Yeah. It reminded me of, like, later when they think that, like, them finding the body is unexpected, right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if, like, they don't expect her to... Go to the cops. To go to the cops. They don't. so that's why he thinks it's interesting. Yeah, I think, like, when Betty does something that is perceived to be on the offense, they're like, hmm, I thought we were controlling the board. And Betty's like, you're playing checkers, and I'm playing, I don't know, like, Connect Four? (laughs) Because they're both equally stupid games, and Betty thinks she's playing chess, but she isn't. So, shout out to Joan, who has something to do. (laughs) Woohoo! That's what I had for that. Uh, Veronica is still drinking a lot. Oh, you know. You know how it's healthy coping mechanisms, you know? And Veronica kind of thinks that Betty could have done it because of Chuck. I feel like Veronica is valid in thinking this. Yeah. Do you think that's going to... Maybe not, because we did see them be pretty chill about it this episode, but it kind of made me think that maybe they're... Like, that would kind of, like, break down their friendship a little bit. Or, like, I was wondering if that was going to, like, aid in, like, the Barchi scene. Where, like, Veronica taps out and... Archie's her only ally. Or, like, Veronica starts, like, accusing Betty and then Archie defends her or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's possible. And then Varchie breaks up and then Varchie gets together and lives happily ever after. Do you see what KJ said on <laughs> at BuzzFeed today? No. Oh, yeah. I saw the video, but I didn't watch it. What did he say? He said that he always thought that Varchie was endgame. Oh, hey. 
And I was like, listen, that ship is boring to me, and I actually would prefer Bughead, but only because Bughead's plot lines are so interesting. Mm. And I think Barchi's plot lines would be so dull. I just I just got sold on it during season two and season three. Like there are moments mm. through the whole series, and I'm just like, I'm a sucker for the childhood sweetheart mm. thing too. I don't know. Respect. I just like it. We'll see. We shall see. Um, and then Betty goes to see Evelyn. And, uh, and we'll talk about that in the, parts, in the second part. So now it's time for the second part. Woohoo! So before we go into the second third of the podcast, um, I want to talk to you guys about TV Co. I mentioned it earlier. Um, and basically it's a app where you live stream about some of your favorite shows. Um, so if you like follow a specific show, you can check out all the live streams and vlogs about that show specifically. And we have a partnership with them. So if you go to the TV Co. app, or you can also find it in the description, um, and search Riverdale or search The Aficionados, you can find us. And we stream every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. PST. Um, and we talk about the previous week's episode in preparation for the next week, basically. Coming up, we've got about a month-long hiatus here. Um, after, I think there's two more episodes and then a month-long hiatus. We're going to be taking suggestions on our TV Co. Um, up to then and doing a poll on Twitter to figure out what episodes we will watch within the hiatus. So stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, all of our broadcasts are also saved on our profile. So if you ever want to go back and look at some, um, you can. I'm a big fan of our Ice Storm episodes. So yeah, check those out if you want to. So now it's time for the second third. Um, and I did the summary for that. Betty goes to see Evelyn, who says that, yes, Donna came to see her. They discuss the code word to make Betty go crazy, but Betty's had enough when Evelyn asks how Jughead's doing. She heads back to HQ, where Charles tells her that they're not learning anything from the bug they planted. Mary approaches Archie to tell him that she's actually dating Brooke. They're not just friends. Archie is cool with it. Betty interrupts to ask Archie to go and stir the pot at Stonewall so that Brett and Donna will start talking. Archie does, and it's actually pretty funny because Brett is super scared of Archie. <laughs> Brett tells Archie that he can't admit to anything because Betty's the one who killed Jughead. Betty and Charles listen in, but Brett and Donna know about the bug, so they still know nothing. Mary comes to Archie again because she heard about the fight with Brett. She's worried that Archie's angry with her about Brooke. Archie's about to confess to his mom when he gets a call from Betty from her window. She tells him to stop talking and pretend he has to leave because of Veronica. Archie does, telling Mary about Hiram's disease. Betty heads downstairs where FP and Alice are waiting. Jellybean told FP to track Jug's phone. They found it inside Betty's jacket. Betty makes up some excuse about leaving it there to charge. She realizes that Joan must have planned it on her when she bumped into her earlier. Veronica goes to see Hiram in his office. He asks her to be nice to Hermosa and they say they love each other. I still can't tell if this is real. FP tells Betty that some hiker found a bloody rock in the woods and they're going to test it. Mm. Betty finds a new rock, puts fake blood on it, and gets Charles to switch the rocks out. Charles goes to FP's office and offers to test the rock with his resources, which would be faster. Veronica gets a call from Barnard telling her that her admission is under review because they heard about the Maple Club. There's just a lot of very short sentences because it's skipped all over the place. It's also mm -hmm. like a cascade of stupid to stupider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Donna did come to see Evelyn, but she fully didn't use any of the information that she got from Evelyn, I guess. Right. I guess not. Betty's basically just coming to ask what she's capable of. Also, did Evelyn even have information or did they just make up stuff to like mess with Betty's head? I think also that because Donna's like, yeah, Evelyn wanted to help me freak you out. So basically like we learned nothing. Then Evelyn says that there's a spot in hell for Betty because she's a boyfriend killer or whatever. But like, how would you even know Evelyn? So yep. anyway, no point to that scene. Yeah. 
Um, Betty lies to Charles about where she's been. So who can you be honest with, Betty? Literally no one. Literally no one. And so on. I think it's, I think, yeah, Charles says, how are you? Like, are you okay? And Betty says, yeah, I'm fine. Why isn't anyone mourning Jughead? Literally no one cares that Jughead died. <laughs> like, Betty is only seems like she's upset when she's pretending to be upset in front of FP and Alice. She's like, I'm so worried. I'm like a mess right now. I'm like, bud, what? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't seriously. Like, if you could literally tell your brother, hey, I'm actually really upset that we killed that I killed our brother. Yeah, or like somebody killed. Like, it doesn't even matter if it's you. Yeah. He's dead now, and no one cares. Yeah, this isn't real because a lot of it is very out of character. Yeah, but it's also Riverdale. It's just out of character. It's gaslighty. It's <gasps> gross. What? what guys? What Hiram's disease isn't real. Yeah, it's part of the book. It's part of the book. So it's real to Hiram. Like Hiram, like I believe all of Hiram's acting because this is Hiram the the character. Like Hiram the book character, not actual Hiram. But why would Jughead give Hiram the book character disease? To make it more interesting. Drama. But how would that play into anything that was happening at Stonewall? It doesn't, like, you just need to give your characters more nuance. Like Veronica needs more... Veronica needs a a plot outside of... Helping Betty cover up murder. That's okay. why That's why we don't think it's real. Okay, so at what point did this show twist from being Riverdale to the book? That's the question, because she learned about the disease in the Katie Keene episode, two episodes ago. So, honestly, what I would do is, if we could go back, is look for another mirror shot or something. Mm. My, pro- my, thing, my problem with the mirror is shot that when we got... when Betty broke the mirror? At the end of... At the end of the... Uh, mid-season finale at the end yeah. of Tangerine. Yeah. Maybe. Could be. Because my problem with the mirror shot that we got this episode is that, like, it's going from one universe to the same universe rather yeah. than, like, switching between universes. It's going... It's in the same place. So it's... Yeah, I thought that was kind of confusing, but I still do think it's a clue. Um, Charles says that Brett has just been talking about his new Rolex for 30 minutes. So first of all, I'm upset that Rolex didn't get like a new brand name like Riverdale does. Um, and this is also why I think Charles is in league with Brett. So um, there, Brett has way more things on his mind right now. There's no way he's talking about his Rolex for 30 minutes. And there's no way that Donna's going to let him talk about his Rolex for 30 minutes. Yeah, but it could <laughs> be that, that by then they'd already found the bug even without Charles's help and they were just trying to kill time. But then how do they know when Betty is there listening in? Unless Charles told them. (laughs) Anyway, I think, I just think that Charles is real shady because especially like later when he's like, here, I got you the rock or whatever. And he's like, oh, am I going to switch the evidence or whatever? And Betty's like, shut up. He's so flippant about it for like no reason. I know. He's like, hey, um, I'm like literally committing a crime for you. But let's say it really loudly so that everyone can hear. Charles has been so chill all season. That's why I've been so sad to know that like with all that chick garbage and like everything he does is like tinged with garbage or whatever. But like this episode, I was like, you know what, Charles, go to hell. <laughs> the problem is, like, I think the thing that stings the most is, like, this is FP and Alice's son. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, why, like, that's why we didn't want him to be evil. Yeah. Like, why didn't, they haven't done anything with his character. FP and Alice share a child. Mm-hmm. And they have not explored that at all. And now I'm like, wow, Skeet, I really don't blame you for leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Brooke is actually Mary's girlfriend. Um, and some of the things yeah. that she mentions is that, uh, her husband died in Afghanistan, which mm-hmm. messed her up. And then obviously Mary's husband also died, even though they were separated. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that they were both uh, married yeah. before. Yeah. Cool. And then they bonded by grief. Mm-hmm. I did not and expect for us to get a queer mom. I didn't either. And they, she said they were friends from college. Yes. 
Yeah. So, like, it's literally friends to lovers, and it's so cute. It's really wholesome. Like, I didn't expect that they were going to do this with Mary, and At I kind of hope that this isn't also part of the book, because mm. I want this to be real. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, if Hiram's thing is fake, uh, then, like, Archie also needs something interesting. Like, where's the line? What's real and what's not? And uh, But this is all based on our theory, or not even our theory, but one of our listeners' theories that, like, we don't even know is true. Yeah. Like, for all we know, this is the real Riverdale universe and nothing makes sense because it's Riverdale. Yeah. I just, I just really hope that this part is real because mm-hmm. it was really well done. And you never expect to get, like, fed. Queer. Yeah, you never expect to get, like, a queer over 40s like female character it's who's, literally who's our all, entire who's an, who's an already established character who's mm-hmm. like been in the show for a very long time like you just you don't expect it mm-hmm. and it's a very nice treat it's literally like our dream come true yeah. it's a really good example about how sexuality is fluid as well mm-hmm. yeah like she says she never, she'd never expected this so maybe she like she wasn't she didn't used to be attracted to women and now here she is yeah it's just like if it happens, it happens. Like, don't worry about putting a label on it. Just go with what feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mary's like, hey, I just don't want there to be any secrets between us, which of course makes Archie feels horrible because he's keeping a huge secret. Um, but he is super chill about it, which we stand. Because he's a good boy. And so Betty shows up and she's like, hey, can you go beat up Brett? And Archie's like, why would I do that? Um, and Betty's like, because if you didn't know anything, regular Archie would totally go beat up Brett. And Archie's like, okay. They're just like, I don't need an excuse to punch that guy. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and like, I'll do it. Yeah. So Archie's like, how do we even know that the Stonewall people are behind this? And Betty's like, well, if it's not them, then who is it? Like, it has to be them. And I'm like, mm, now I'm thinking that maybe there's like some third party. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> logic, but okay. It's like Charles. The Baxter Brotherhood. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Um. So Archie goes over there. Brett is genuinely afraid of Archie, which I just like. Oh, yeah. I love it. Delicious. I love it. And like we said last episode, because we saw this in the trailer, there's like the chalkboard outside of their room that says bring a jug, get ahead, which obviously is something that Jughead wrote, but, for, but it's still up. Like Jughead got expelled slash got murdered slash is missing and, and Brett didn't like erase it. Right. Remember when Brett, like, came in and was, like, all righteously, like, upset that Betty killed Jughead? Mm -hmm. And now we're here and we're like, that still doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Archie has been called every red character in the book. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just so pleased that he was finally called Elmo. (laughs) (laughs) God. That was incredible. Thank you, Brett. Because, like, of any character, he really does personify Elmo the most. Mm. He's a simple boy. Bless his heart. Um, Archie's hair looks great in this scene. Thank you. Yes. Agree. How would they know about the bug if not for Charles? Which was my other point about that. Did they see the flashing red light? We already mentioned that. Um, Mary's afraid Archie's upset about Brooke, but he's not, obviously. We know that, but... But she doesn't know she that. Doesn't we know live that. in a universe where homophobia just isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, she says that she's not Fred, but hopes that he will trust her, which is really sweet. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I do. You're my mom and I love you and I want you to be happy. And I'm like, I wish all men were as good as Archie. And then Betty's like, Archie, stop. Yeah. Betty looks like the she's Black so Hood. menacing. Super psycho. But I did kind of like the parallel when... Um, like in 110, the first interaction we got with FP and Alice, Good when stuff. FP and Joaquin are in Archie's room and Alice watches them from Betty's window. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that kind of reminded me of that. Um, and she was definitely, she like, she was like watching Archie through the window and then like probably saw like a look on his face at his mom and she was like, Archie, no. 
She's such a creep. It's so weird. <laughs> like, how does Lily get through the day acting this? However, Archie does think of an excuse perfectly. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So fast, right on his feet, he goes, it was Veronica, and the reason is because her dad's sick. And he goes, it's some muscular thing, I'm not sure exactly. No one is. And you know what? It's probably because Jughead hasn't done the research. It's probably because Jughead's lazy, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, he did the thing where he goes, some muscular thing, and then he, like, will go back later and then do the research and then switch all the words out. <laughs> okay, like, why is that literally what he would do? So then we see FP and Alice, and we love the dom- domesticity. So good. Um, And she gives this garbage phone excuse about, like... We were charging it, and then we forgot. And, and then, then it was we, in my pocket. Somehow it got in my pocket. Okay, but ju- then Jughead goes missing... And you're trying to call him, you're trying to text him, which is what you told FP on your script, and you didn't hear the phone in your own pocket. Okay. You are looking worse and worse. Yep. Also, do you know how simple it would have been to be like, he put it in my pocket for safekeeping? Yeah. Because he his stupid outfit that he was wearing at the party didn't have but pockets then, or something. But then she would have had to explain why she was wondering why where his was, phone is. Yeah. Or like where he because, was. Because then she was like, answering his phone. she's like, I'm afraid and I'm worried, which is why I'm not remembering things. I'm like, listen, that happens to people, but it doesn't happen to you, Betty. Yeah. Not like this. Not like this. So Joan planted it, but but so that's the big question is if Joan planted it on Betty, somehow Joan must have gotten the phone. Yeah, how did Like Joan that's what I feel like that's I think something that people are skating over right now. How is that like they had the body, Betty and Archie and Veronica had the body, they got rid of the body, so it's like where did the phone come from? Was the phone with the body? Did they take the it off before Betty got there? Like I don't know. Jughead gave Brett the phone. Jughead gave it to Brett because Jug is in league in league with him. I don't know, but there has to be something. There's something bigger here. And there's going to be some reason that Jughead is kind of driving Betty to the edge of insanity. Mm -hmm. And it better be good because there's no excuse to do this to your girlfriend. But it really all signs for me point to the fact that this is Jughead doing this. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, but what about the body? This makes no sense. Like... Listen, if this was Sherlock, because that, like, then it would make sense because Sherlock faked his own death and he, it was elaborate and huge, but he had, like, the help of someone in the mortuary and he helped, had the help of, like, a bajillion people that he got to pay off with his homeless network and everything. But now I'm like, okay, Jughead has a homeless network. He's friends with someone in the mortuary. Hashtag bring back Dr. Curdle Jr. (laughs) Like, he also has friends with a lot of money. Could, could Jughead pull it off? I think Jughead could literally fake a dead body. Yeah. Maybe that's what Sweet Pea's up to. Like, they did it on Stranger Things. Yeah. That's true, they did. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyway. So, then, later, Veronica goes to talk to Hiram. He says that Hermione and Hermosa, he sent them to the club. Okay. Is he talking about La Bonne Nuit? Like, what are they- Like, are what they club just, are like, you talking about? Dancing in the middle of the day? If I was, like, Hermione or Hermosa, I'd be like, or I can go wherever I want. Or I thanks. can just go to bed. Yeah. It could be, like, a country club. True. Um, Hiram says that he's sorry. He didn't want her pity. We already knew all this. Yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't need to talk about this. Then they say that she loves him, and he asks her to get- Along with Hermosa. Okay, Boomer. Cool. Thank if you this, for undoing uh, all of Veronica's character development. God, Veronica just like goes around in an oval. Like it's not even yep. a circle because it's like there are there's so many different plot points that she mm-hmm. does over and over again that it has to be like an oval. Yep. Yeah. So I hope this is part of Jughead's book and Jughead's just taking from things that her, Veronica has already done. Because otherwise, sure. this is hot garbage. Yeah. Like, in what world does Camila not go, I've done this already? Right. You know, like, I just feel bad for her because her storylines suck. Madeline said, I think at Fan Expo Van, she was like, 
we don't really like give input on the writing or anything like that. We kind of just show up and do our job. Which is also fair. I just feel like if I were her, I'd be disappointed. Yeah. They're just going to keep announcing like characters leaving, actors leaving the show because mm-hmm. of disappointing storyline yeah. until they're all just gone. So um, a, f- a hiker found the bloody rock. If I saw a bloody rock, I would just assume that an animal got hurt personally mm-hmm. but okay then betty goes to talk to jellybean and apparently she's cool with being called jellybean again instead of jb but what i did like was that she was sitting there doing homework with like one of those like big calculators i was like this is relatable yeah i know this life the only person who does homework <laughs> charles says that betty said that she threw the rock in the swimming hole so did they okay so here's another reason why i think jughead's in on it is because if she threw the rock into the swimming hole, they would have needed to get a new rock and also some of Jughead's blood to put on it. Like, if Betty knows that that isn't the actual rock, then would the rock not come back as somebody else's blood? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because she knows that it's not Jughead's blood. Where would they have gotten Jughead's blood? Like, do they know where Betty left the body? Jughead must have given it to them, right? I don't know. Plot uh, whatever. Holes. Whatever. Um, I think, I feel like Betty thinks too highly of the Stonewall people. Yeah. There are too many pieces that, like, maybe some of it's Stonewall people. But, like, just like the rock thing, I'm like, they, they don't have the means. They don't have the technology. Um, so in FP's office, he has photos of <coughs> Jellybean, obviously, mm-hmm. Jughead eating a burger, and honestly, mm-hmm. cutest picture I've ever seen in my entire life. So cute. Mm-hmm. And also Alice and Betty. And I think Alice makes sense. The fact that he has a picture of Betty. she cons- He considers her his daughter too. And she still calls him Mr. Jones. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jo- Jones. Calling Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. Where are you? <laughs> Aqua? Yes. You're with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I also think it's funny that this picture is the picture <laughs> that they took in season one of Alice, Betty, Polly, and Hal. And he just like cut out cut Polly out, and Polly Hal. Like... Poor Polly, she's like off yonder in like rehab or something. Adopted Betty and not Polly. (laughs) What? Where is Polly? She's unwell. Whatever. Charles says that his thing will take less time, so of course FP's willing to do it because he cares more about this case than any other case. Why is Charles being so flippant about this? We talked about this already. And then Veronica gets the call from Barnard, and she says that they'll hear from her lawyer. Can she sue the school for like putting her admission under review? No. no. What are you talking about, Veronica? You literally- Also, like, you are guilty of the crime yeah. that they're assuming that you do. Which is, I mean, rich people always threaten to sue when they're guilty yeah. of the things that they've done. Mm-hmm. So then they talk about how the person who must have told Barnard, because it was an anonymous tip, must have been the Stonewall kids. Mm-hmm. Girl, the Stonewall kids don't know about the Maple Club. Unless heckin's Nick St. Clair told them about it. It's Hermosa. Oh, yeah. It has to be Hermosa, right? Yeah. Like, Hermosa's the one who knows about it, and then later she's like, oh, weird, why would you do that, huh? Okay, well, I guess I'll find out myself. It was you. It was Hermosa. It was. Yeah. It was. It was Hermosa. Thank you. So that's my third of the podcast. Uh, Hey, Brittany. Hey, Robin. Can you tell me about Patreon? No, I don't know what Patreon is. Hey, Sam. Can you tell me about Patreon? Sure. It is a cool service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators and get special content as a patron that's so cool how much does that cost uh it starts as low as a dollar a month that's so cool and how early uh for the aficionados if you donate a dollar or more a month you get at least a day early on uh all their podcasts and sometimes more especially for like stranger things and lost those come out like 
super far ahead. That's cool. And what if I can't donate? If you can't donate, you can just tell a friend. That's cool, too. Awesome. And maybe I could also go on and leave a review on iTunes. You sure could. Do that would think, be nice. Do you think even just the stars is okay? Absolutely. Okay. I every will. Every star counts. Thanks. Now it's time for the third third of the episode, and Sam is going to summarize it. Yee. Alrighty, kids. Let's... This is... So much happened in the last 15 minutes. Veronica calls Archie and Betty to the blue and gold to get to the bottom of what happened with Betty and Jughead in the woods. Betty isn't telling them everything, and this whole story is, uh, really gappy. Maybe Jughead doesn't deserve to be the next writer of the Baxter Brothers novel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Betty tells them that she's scared that she actually did black out and terrified that she might have done it. Archie and Veronica tell her that they have... That they're with her 100%, but they need to figure out what happened when she blacked out. Betty says Donna might have used a trigger word, so they decide to go to Charles for help again. Charles gets out a metronome and hypnotizes Betty back to the memory of what happened that night. She sees Donna blow drugs in her face because <laughs> Donna's a psychopath. They deduce that the trigger word was a red herring, and Charles tells them that the powder is probably devil's breath. A drug that causes confusion and disorientation. Under its influence, Betty wouldn't have been able to kill Jughead, so it's likely that Donna is framing her. Betty calls Donna to the woods to hang out, and they've got to stop meeting like this. <laughs> Betty tells her that she knows what she did, and Donna appears unshakable, telling Betty that she's got some good theories, but this is literally the perfect murder, because his body will never be found. If it were, all the evidence would lead to Betty. No body, no crime. The lead three meet in a booth at Pops to figure out how to get ahead of Donna. They decide that Jughead's body needs to be found by FP, and they organize a search party. Riverdale uses Kettering by Antlers, and um, for the... Once this show actually gave me chills, Archie and Betty share a look and Archie goes Archie goes to where they stashed Jughead's body. Why did they only burn his hat? <laughs> and he says, his, his outfit is iconic. I was just talking about that last episode. Like, his outfit is, like, classic Jughead. And they decide, let's just take the hat. Yeah. Cut to the next day and there's a whole parade at the morgue. Betty and FP are photographed as they go to identify the body. For some reason, Brett and Donna are also there. Betty has been crying. Why do they need to identify the body if they're the ones who found it? Okay. Jug After Jughead's corpse is revealed, Bet Brett and Donna open the door because, um, misdirection? Something. Betty angrily tells them to get out, but we don't actually hear any dialogue in this scene. Later, Archie is reading about Jughead in the paper and Mary comes to talk to him. She feels awful for him about how much he has lost this year. Archie decides to close the blinds so that Betty can't hear him. <laughs> he tells she bugged him. Archie, too. <laughs> He tells Mary that he has something to confess. Veronica and Hermosa tell Hiram that they want to be co-executors of his estate. He decides to draft a new will and Veronica says she might defer Barnard a year. Hermosa decides to dig in about it and Veronica tells her to leave her alone. Hermosa says um, she won't be doing that. Betty meets Donna again and she's wearing Jughead's jacket this time. She's finally got the upper hand. Betty says she's taking Donna down, just her. She says she'll regret ever beating her. At Pops, we learn that Donna showed up completely on her own, and Betty says, now we have to wait. Okay. Um, so Veronica confronts Betty about it maybe being her, and Betty's like, you're right, like, I should have been trying to save Jughead instead of just, like, holding a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, Charles is a hypnotist now. I don't know how this fits into my theory. Like... <sighs> Which theory? My theory that Charles is in on it. Mm. Like, I wonder if, like, she figures out about the drug, and then he tells her... Like, because he's the one that gives us all the information about the drug. So I looked it up. Right. She got a drug thrown in her face. Wouldn't Donna have also inhaled it a little bit? 
Whatever. Okay, so, um, it's called, he gave, like, this long name, and its actual name is Hyacene, but it's also known by that thing. Um, and I found this because I searched memory. The Wikipedia page was massive, and so I just searched memory, and this is the paragraph that I got. Okay. Claims that Hyacene is commonly used in crime have been described as exaggerated or even implausible. Powdered Hyacene, in a form referred to as devil's breath, does not brainwash or control people into being defrauded by their attackers, but these alleged effects are most likely urban legends. Nevertheless, the drug is known to produce loss of memory following exposure and sleepiness, similar to the effect of benzodiazepines or alcohol poisoning. Hmm. Okay. So I think what Charles said was accurate. Yeah, sure. I guess that's my only point. Yeah, <laughs> no, he was, he was right. Yeah, he was right. I don't know how that fits into my theory. And I also, I guess, Betty didn't do it? Then who's to say? It don't because want- because all of the information he gave us is correct. So so like if she was drugged, what was the point of it? Do we trust Charles? I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know. If you guys have have more coherent thoughts, like people who are listening, if you guys have more coherent thoughts, please let us know. So okay, Betty didn't do it. Then sure. Well, sure. let's just say that she didn't do it. But you did hide the body. Yeah, she's literally like I you're think still that, guilty. I think that's like. At the very least, obstruction of justice, and at the most, maybe accessory to murder. I think that's almost worse. It it kind of is, because it's like, you didn't do the crime, but like, it's literally what FP did. Right, yeah. Yeah, with Jason. Yeah. Yeah, and he did go to jail. The body will never be found, because all evidence leaves to you, and to be honest, the body did not seem that well hidden, so. No, 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 not at all. Okay. Like, why is she so short? literally just in a ditch. Yeah, she's- And they only burned his hat. They just threw him further into the woods? I mean, what? I just, like, wish that they hadn't, like, if they had burned something, like, it shouldn't have been, like, I know that the hat is iconic, like he said, and so obviously it had to be the the hat, but, like, I wonder if maybe it, it could have had, like, some hair follicles on it that they could, like, test or something and find out that it's not Jughead or, like, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it really didn't seem that well hidden, and they must not have known where they left the body because... She's very sure that they'll never find it. Yeah, yeah, like, how would you know? I'm confused because Betty and Archie know where they left the body, but Donna doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, why don't you know that? And then, like, I don't know. I'm confused. But here's the thing. Here's another thing that I found that I thought was very, very good evidence for this being a book. Okay. Donna says the the phrase, the perfect murder. Yeah. Which was Jughead's prompt for the book. Yeah. That was, when you were doing your notes and rewatching and, like, coming out and telling us your theories, that was the most convincing for me. I genuinely think that that is the closest that we've been to cracking it. So then they're going to do an unpredictable move. They need to find the body. But it needs to be found by FP. It can't be found by the FBI. It can't be found by, like, the local police. It has to be FP. And I'm like, okay, well, bad news, because then you ask Archie to find it? Well, Well, Archie calls FP Archie gets FP. Right. But, like, still... Is basically FP has to see that it is Jughead. Like, how dumb is FP gonna feel next episode when they're like, oh, hey, also Archie was part of it, and then FP's gonna be like, what? Like, FP, FP's gonna be like, why did you send me to the body? FP's gonna go on a rampage. FP's gonna be so messed up. So then we get the flashback to, I guess it was the flash forward, but now it feels like a flashback because it's at the same time. To the search party, um, we still haven't seen the arrest or Barchi in Pops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They took off his hat, but not really any of his other obvious 
tells in his outfit. Huh? Then we go to the morgue, um, and I thought that Brett didn't seem that beaten up when Archie, like, went and beat him up, because he didn't even, like, bleed. Yeah, but bruises form afterwards, like, you know this. Yeah. I had to, like, go back a couple times to see if Brett was that bruised up before he walked into the, he, like, walked in with Mm -hmm. Donna, because it was very clear that he had a black eye when he walked in with Donna, and it wasn't that clear, because the lighting was different, and so I was like, did he get beaten up like just now before he got but uh, no <laughs> I mean that would be funny where are you Dr. Curdle Jr. is he okay Robin misses you how is where it is that he? like two of your most treasured characters aren't in this season where is he where is you where is you <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's just annoying because he's like the only coroner he's the only coroner so like it has to be him they just like don't they're just not bringing back the actor but it's like but we know it's dr cruel jr they're just not showing him i'm like hello that was my guy it's so weird um so brett and donna come in why Maybe. like there has to be a reason i just don't know what it is i think it's that it, it has to be that brett and donna are in on it because otherwise why would they barge in? It has to be a distraction while something happens behind them. I have to go back because I think that like they definitely Brett. I was watching Brett. I don't think I was watching Donna. Mm-hmm. But Brett looks down at Jughead and it's like he's almost surprised. That it's probably how him. good the like I wonder is. I wonder if they're going in to like actually see if it is actually legit him. Like I don't know. Maybe. It's just like they could have waited. Yeah. I, I truly think it was some kind of, like, distraction. The minute that happened, I was like, mm-hmm. there's no narrative reason for that. So Archie is going to confess to Mary and he closes the curtains. I swear, as soon as he stood up, I was like, he's going to close the curtains so that Betty doesn't know. Yeah. Yep. So what do you guys think this is going to change that, that Mary will now know? Well, Mary's a lawyer, so she'll get a good defense for him, firstly. She's going to be like, bro, again? Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> dude? How many murders are you going to be involved with in? you, man? Yeah. I think Mary will probably go to FP and be like, hey, mm-hmm. um, they covered up the death of your son. Sorry about it. Yeah. So you do think that FP is in on it, in on, like, arresting them? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's the one that- He's the one who goes to them. the school and arrests them. Yeah, but you think that he's- like, but Brett and Donna are the ones that start the arrest thing because they tell FP that they saw them kill Jughead. So that's the reason why FP goes to arrest them, unless he knew already and then was just waiting for a reason to go arrest them. Oh. So my question is, is FP in on it? That, like, what is FP in on? Anything? Or it, maybe Mary keeps Archie's secret. I think, I think that's probably... That's probably what happens. Okay. They want to be co-executors of Hiram's estate. She's going to defer her admission. Her admission. Hermosa wants to know why, but she knows why because it was her. Yep. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to find out. You already know why. Stop it. Yep. Betty's wearing Jughead's jacket. Um, Donna showed up all by herself. So how long was Betty waiting there? Also, can <laughs> I just say like about Hermosa? How much of a bitch do you have to be to watch your sister lose one of her best friends? Mm. And decide that it's going to be a fun game to find out why her life is falling apart. Right. Like, Hermosa's a bad person. Yeah. Fully. Like, if this whole season is Jughead's book, I'm going to be really mad. Because then he will have just, like, made up Hermosa. Yeah. Like, does Hermosa like, even you made exist? Me, you made me sit through this shit plot line. I swear, if this whole season was for nothing, I'm going to be mad. Yeah. I mean, it probably is for nothing. It's probably, like, one of those, like, it was all a dream seasons. That's no fun. She talks about how she's the daughter of the Black Hood and that daughter will regret to ever ever meeting her great but he's like hey i'm gonna embrace the fact that my dad was a mass murderer and i'm like that's not the best defense that you should take considering you're being accused of murder right we saw a tweet after the episode which was how about i'm the daughter of the woman who killed edgar ever and ever mm-hmm. yeah that would have been metal. like yeah 
Yeah. Like, let's make it about Alice. She's also a badass. Not that Hal was a badass. He was just a bad. It's just like- Yeah, like, Alice is actually a badass, and Hal was a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) pick your battles. It's just like, why would you- why would you reclaim your dad being the Black Hood? It's just like- She spends the whole season being like, I resent the fact that I'm the Black Hood's daughter. That's not something you're supposed to embrace. She smashed his grave. Like, it's not supposed to be something that you use as a weapon. It's supposed to be something that you make peace with and continue on with despite it. Right. Yeah. So then they're at Pops again, and I just feel like Pop knows what's up. Like, I feel like Pop is always listening, and he's like, geez. Yeah, Pop knows yeah. the tea, but he doesn't say anything, because he knows how to stay in his lane. And he's like, hey, Jughead has a huge tab. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna pay that? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Seriously? Um, so then they say that what they're waiting for is for the Stonewalls people to make the next move, and they do. The next move is telling the police that they witnessed them kill Jughead. Okay. They do that. Yep. I know that, like, the lineup was, like, for dramatic or whatever, but, like, why would you need to do a lineup? Because they know them. (laughs) And also, also, a lineup... (laughs) A a lineup is so that you can have a lot of people who look similar, so that you can, like, make sure that you know who it is. You don't get a a very tall ginger man, a black-haired girl... And a blonde-haired girl in a ponytail and put them in there and they go, yep, that's them. That's like, all Like, that's them. not a lineup's work. Nope. You want to talk about the best lineup scene from television of all time? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got. That's also all I got. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was a weird episode, I mean, guys. my only other note is that I really liked the music in this episode, so good good job, music supervisor. Mm. Mm, yes, yes, right. yes, 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 So now it's time for segments. My first segment is asexual joke. Hey, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't even care if he's dead. <laughs> You can't tell me anything. <laughs> and my statement is, which MILF was the most badass? Obviously, queen, queer, MILF, Mary. Hello. Heck yeah. Hello. Mm. Quickly, I just wanted to say that if this is actually Jughead's book and Veronica and Archie are just, like, banging all the time. Oh, like, you. Jughead, you were really writing. That's just the way that Jughead sees Veronica and Archie. He's just like, yeah, they're just, like, always doing that, I guess. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. He's like, I know my friends really well. His friends are just horny on Maine. Yeah. <laughs> And my segment is, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? I'm going to go with yes, because they parented together, and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. I I will take my breadcrumb. And Alice's picture is in FP's. Alice's picture is in his office, um, and he was probably in her bedroom when she came down to tell Betty off for staying up too late. Mm -hmm. And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Joan and Betty for... Watch where you're going. Yeah, back at ya. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah gotcha and mine goes to brett for don't kid yourself elmo El- I, elmo i didn't i didn't know i was waiting for someone to call him elmo until until it until happened yesterday but i'm just so pleased <laughs> yeah like, can you imagine being that actor delivering that line that's <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> And my favorite line award goes to Alice for... And when I was leaving, I couldn't find them. Okay, that makes no sense. Because it just really it sure sums doesn't. up the whole show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the mood of the podcast. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense. All right. So now it's time for our trailer reaction. In three, two, one, play. <laughs> That's the worst yeah. picture they could have chosen of him. Oh, God. Yeah. The kids think Archie's a murderer. Archie, Betty, Veronica. Archie's never done anything wrong in his life. That editing. Archie, Betty, Veronica. At that point, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe Jughead told FP. Right, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So 
Basically, they chose a horrible picture of Jughead. They sure did. Like, he looks like he hasn't bathed in a year. How hard would it be for them to have just used that picture that FB had in his office? That picture was adorable. Yes, it was. Um, So this is for the um, funeral. There's an open casket. Even though- But there's no one in it. Yeah, even though his head got bashed in. (laughs) Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. So like, maybe not an open casket opportunity? Like, maybe do something else? I don't know. I just want to say that I'm really proud of Archie for not wearing his Letterman jacket to this funeral. God, remember when he used to do crap like that? Mm-hmm. And he wondered why we hated him so much. Um, and then Eddie and Toby, I think those are the boys' names, are saying that um, everybody says that they're that Betty's a murderer, I guess. I thought but, they were talking about Archie. Oh, right. Cause, yeah. Because what they say, this is in the, um, that's in the gym. And, and that's at the funeral. That's yeah. That's at the funeral. The shots so are different. Yeah. FP finds the tie pin and Hermosa says they're under investigation because she just walked in on Veronica and Archie in bed. Ma'am, have you heard of a boundary? No, I I don't think any of the lodges know what boundaries are. For a dollar, a boundary, please. And then Alice says to Betty either, I know you did it, or they know you did it. I heard I I know you did it when I watched it. Yeah, yeah, it is I know you did it. Oh boy. Then we have the flash forward in which um, he says that they are under arrest, but it has really weird editing. Yeah. Archie, Betty. Veronica. There's so, like, those are all in different... Oh, it's probably Archie Andrews, Betty Cooper, Veronica Lodge, oh, and then they had to, yeah. like, edit it down. For the trailer, yeah. Just something about all of this feels so off for the cold-blooded murder of Jughead Jones. Then they go, and then we get this new shot, which is them in jail. Can you imagine if you never watched Riverdale, but you saw that scene? There are fully people who just absorb Riverdale I'm by sorry osmosis. To, and I'm sorry I'm like, to those people. I hope you guys are having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you imagine, like, having, like, read Archie comics as a child and then be like, so Archie, Betty, and Veronica killed Jughead? <laughs> <laughs> be like, so, I don't remember that in Archie oh, and Friends. What a mess. What happened, little Archie? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's just perpetually open. It's in the description. Um, we would love to hear what you like about the podcast, what you don't like about the podcast. And uh, yeah, reviews are appreciated on iTunes. But even if you just want to do those little stars, we will accept it. It's true, we will. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. We are about to cover the final season of it. And also we covered seasons Five, six, and seven. Do we do season four? Season four, five, six, and seven. I'm so tired. <laughs> four, five, six, and seven. So go listen to those, punk. Well, we did four, five, and six, and then we're going to do seven. I'm tired. <laughs> if you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show too. We did all of season one. We are almost done season two. Um, They are our longest podcast. We have guests over there, and it's also spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you uh, are watching for the first time with us, you can still hang out. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too uh it is one of my favorite pods to blather on on um (laughs) i don't know i'm also tired (laughs) we've covered seasons no we covered season one and we are currently covering season two and then next year we will cover season three and then season four will be out and jopper will be canon oh my god speaking things into existence jopper writes so yeah, go check that one out. It is not spoiler free, so go binge watch the show if you haven't. Yeah, if you haven't, like, I'm so sad. If you are a fan of Star Trek, we have a Star Trek Picard podcast. You should listen to it because we're doing a lot of theorizing. We have a lot of thoughts. There's just a lot going on there. So you need to join us. It's and, also very fun. And it's accessible to those of you who, like, have never seen Star Trek but kind of want to start on your first one. 
Robin hasn't really seen a lot of Star Trek either. This is her first, so she can be your your window in. Your gateway to the world. Join us every Tuesday on the TV Co app at 7 p.m. PST to rewatch the previous week's episode. We will be rewatching this episode um on Tuesday. I guess I can give you a date. <laughs> Tuesday, March 3rd. That's two days before me birthday. So Woo-hoo! hope you will join us. We're all gonna sing me happy birthday, right, guys? Absolutely. Sure. Great. Robin's like, I will make sure that you <laughs> sing me happy birthday. I would happily sing Robin happy birthday. Yeah, duh. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. And Robin does give her favorite line awards on Tumblr. So please support her. Give her some love. Like we said before, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Fictionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is really expensive. I have had several breakdowns this month on how much money is uh, leaving us. This month. <laughs> it's It's departed from us. Please help me. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Sam Casey's on Twitter. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. And uh, I also do reviews at TelltaleTV.com. You can find that in the description. Yay. Nice. Join us for our next episode, which is 415 to die for. So to die for is a 1995. Oh my God. Okay. I didn't read the little blurb, so this isn't relevant. Wait, let me read a little blurb. Alice begins shooting a documentary about Riverdale and the latest mystery involving one of its own. Meanwhile, Betty, Archie, and Veronica fall deeper into a web of lies as, as the investigation gets underway. Alice Wait. really gonna shoot a documentary while her about stepson her- is dead. Also, Ski is in it, so there could be FP and Alice. I'm so starving by this. So, either way, let me continue to die for. Okay. It's a 1995 criminal comedy drama film made in mockumentary format, so that's why it's relevant. Ooh. Because she's making a documentary. Oh. Inspired by the story of Pamela Smart, it stars Nicole Kidman, Matt Dillon, and Joaquin Phoenix. Kidman was nominated for a BAFTA and won a Golden Globe Award and a Best Actress Award at the First Empire Awards for her performance. Wow. Her character has been described as suffering from narcissistic personality disorder in the scientific journal BMC Psychiatry. So. All right. Okay. Cool. Neat. Good to know. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.